0: Hey, listen up, past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, My bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. MyBookie will give all your money back. It is a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Crazy, right? It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it, MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week coming up, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Root for your team this year, but get in on the action and hop on the gravy train with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Today on the ZabeCast, is there an even more delicate moniker for today's Fragile Generation than Snowflake If so, we better find it soon Let's not confuse a lovely gesture With perverting the rules of an actual sport Andy Poland swings in We'll talk Yiddish expressions Alex Smith and the dumpster fire That is our Redskins All that plus a Christmas family photo prank For the ages Your bonus super early morning edition Of Gloriously Uncensored Me Is locked and loaded So buckle up and let's go (laughs) Here
1: we go
0: Wednesday, November 20, 2019, thank you for downloading. Let's start with the good before we get to the bad. You may have heard of this story in the world of golf recently. I'll let Scott Van Pelt pick it up for you, and then I'll comment after you have taken a listen.
1: In Buenos Aires, at a Latino America event where the winner earns a spot in the open, Matthews was on the third hole of a playoff. He had an eight-footer for birdie to extend it to a fourth hole after Ricardo Celia buried a 30-footer of his own. As Matthews explained to GolfChannel.com, I got over the putt, took the putter back, and heard kind of a yelp or a scream. I kind of flinched on the putt and immediately knew I missed it. An understandably disappointed Matthews was approached in the locker room by the tournament director who explained that the fan who yelled was a man with Down syndrome who'd gotten excited and lost control of his emotions. Matthews said, take me to him. As he explained to the Golf Channel, quote, I was around mental disability growing up, and I have a soft spot in my heart for it. Those are really special people. I felt so terrible that I was even upset. I just wanted to make sure that he didn't feel bad. I didn't want anyone to be mad at him. I didn't want him to be mad at himself. I wanted to make sure he knew that I wasn't mad. That's all I wanted to do. Matthews, who is one of the longest hitters on Earth, is a Temple grad who went through a tough summer of missed cuts and swing changes. And he's one of thousands out there, grinding away on smaller tours with the hope Of getting to the big one. A spot in the open could have been a huge step. His first start in a major. Would he have made the putt? Who knows? Would he have won the playoff? I don't know that either. But if he had, I wouldn't have heard about it. But this did happen. And this is how he handled it. A moment of pure and uncommon class and humanity. After a moment of bitter disappointment. A moment worth sharing. And a guy worth rooting for. Proof once again of the old adage that adversity doesn't build character. It reveals it. I don't know how rigid the rules are. If the 156-man field is set in stone, I'm, I'm sure it is. But maybe the RNA can make room for 157 at Royal St. George's. The tea times start at first light. They go all day, and it stays light until like 10 o'clock in this part of the world in July. What's one more? One who might not be the champion golfer of the year, but who championed humanity, half a world away in Argentina.
0: So there you go. It was uh, beautifully delivered by Scott Van Pelt, and I. I'm with the first two-thirds of it, but I'm not about the last part. Let me explain. First of all, I know this world all too well. My oldest daughter, Catherine, 20 years old now, is on the autism spectrum, and she is not only a beautiful ray of light in my life, she is also a chirper, and she's a blurter, and we have to remind her to use inside voice, and she gets excited so You know, over the years, anytime that, you know, my wife or I would have to take her or choose to take her to something that might involve quiet, you know, a play or the movies or a sporting event that, you know, people get quiet like golf, it was always a thing like, you know, is she going to have a meltdown here? And is she going to be quiet enough uh, for us to feel comfortable bringing her to these sort of things? So I know this all too well. Good for uh, Mr. Matthews. Am I getting that right, Jordan Matthews, uh, long hitter, the Dalai Lama Temple? Um, good for him for saying, "Oh, you know what? I did not know that was the case. Let me go and you know comfort this man, this uh, guy uh, who is has Down syndrome. and didn't mean to make a noise like that. Now it's pissing me off. I don't have the name of the guy. Again, great prep work, Zabe. You idiot! Here.
1: Seven ways to be exempt as well as local and final qualifying. This is a picture of Brandon, which is the oldest major in golf. Seven Brand- ways to be <clears> exempt as well as Brandon local Matthews, and final I believe. Qualifying. This is a picture of Brandon Matthews and a fan.
0: There you go. Brandon Matthews, not Jordan. Okay, got it mopped up. So yes, wonderful humanitarian gesture. I looked at the clip. I didn't hear anything that indicated how loud the little burst out was outburst. I I didn't see in his putting stroke this crazy flinch, like, oh my God. And at the end of the day, the fact that he immediately said, look, oh my God, I had no idea. Let me go seek out this young man and let me make sure he knows that everything is cool and it's no big deal. And that that's wonderful. That's sort of baseline to me. Like, I don't want to make too big of a deal of it. And I don't want to, I'm not being negative towards the golfer. I'm saying he did what I thought was a baseline act of humanity, not something extraordinary. And then when Van Pelt veers into the realm of, oh, man, isn't there a spot for him in the Open Championship? I know it's just one more guy. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. And more importantly, it shouldn't work that way because there are all kinds of noises that could crop up and, and break your mental concentration. A car horn, a you know stadium bleacher that collapses or folds down, a, a, lo- a loud clang, a kid crying, somebody's cell phone, a porta potty door slamming, and on and on and it was only an eight it was an eight footer it wasn't a one footer and it was only to extend the playoff he wouldn't have necessarily won if you start saying well oh this guy he did something nice so let's give him something coveted in sports that has rules and regulations and stipulations this many men this many entries here's how you get in it's mayhem you can't give him a spot in the open just because he did the baseline right thing from a humanitarian standpoint? No. I mean, I know it feels good, but there are other guys out there going, hey, yeah, I, I didn't get a spot in, and I, uh, I took a double bogey because a guy was driving a concession cart down the cart path, and my ball ricocheted off of it, out of bounds, and that's two shots. Too bad, rub of the green, no relief. What the hell, man? Where's my exemption? But a wonderful gesture, and uh, I'm glad it worked out okay. And, uh, you know, like uh, like Tiger Woods once bragged that you could blow a car horn in his back swing and he wouldn't hear it. Or maybe that was Nicholas who claimed that he had such amazing concentration that he would not be uh, disturbed. On the golf course, some guys have more rabbit ears than others. And I, at times myself, get bad hearing things and getting spooked over the balls. I'm getting ready for a shot. And you hear stuff, and some people don't like visual things, like, "Uh, don't stand over there, or what are you doing back there? Oh, there's a cart, the cart girl's coming. Come on, come on, come through, I'm trying to hit here. But uh, wonderful gesture, baseline humanity, And no, hell no, you can't give him a spot in the open. I'm sorry, I'm not down with that. You know what they say, a good slogan is a good slogan. Even if people are mocking it, if you're talking about it, it's good. Raise awareness. South Dakota and their governor has defended a campaign that they paid good money for, allegedly some $450,000, to combat methamphetamine and use, and dealing, and the destructions of it. What is the slogan South Dakota has come up with, or at least they paid for from this agency? Meth. I'm on it. Wait, what? Wait, you're on meth? No, 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 meth. I'm on it, man. Like, yeah, I'm on it. I'm part of the solution here. I'm going to look out for it. I'm going to combat it. I'm going to make sure there's no Walter Whites in my neighborhood with a uh, RV cooking uh, anywhere. It's got pictures of South Dakotans standing there in their wonderful landscapes with the words in big block letters: "Meth." Period. I'm on it. Period. <laughs> meth. Period. We're on it. Bunch of high school kids on the football field. Meth. We're on it. Says the state of South Dakota. <laughs> Surely somebody at the agency had to say, "Um, it, you know, it. If you look, if you just look at from one angle, it's like it sounds like we're on meth." And maybe that's not the, well, South Dakota's governor, Christy Noem says the, uh, the campaign's working. People are talking about it. Maybe they should change their name to Mesopotamia. but no, nah, the internet buzz so far is working at least for South Dakota. Every time there's a story of campus political correctness run amok, I think to myself, that's it, right? We've reached the high water mark." Or we've gone as low as we can go. Like, there can't be anything more ridiculous than this story. And then another day dawns. Another day with a Y, and you read something else and you go, oh, okay. (laughs) Now we've got a new leader in the clubhouse. We take it to Syracuse University. There is a student sit-in demanding things. Have you ever heard of this before? Yeah, thought so. Amongst the demands during this sit-in is that incoming students be allowed to choose what race will share a room with them freshman year in the dorms. In other words, oh no, I'm not going to room with any black people. Oh, but you didn't think it was that, did you? Of course not. It's only a demand to allow students of color to elect to not room with students of other races, because they may feel more comfortable rooming with one of their own. But no, that's not racist. No, not at all. That's all about being sensitive to the oppressed groups. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're actually sitting down for this. I uh, I'm reading this story. It's amazing. I, I know that South Park has done. Spoofs on this. The Simpsons or not the Simpsons family guy has definitely done a send up on this a a whole, you know, bit. And it's like you can't even tell what is a goof from family guy versus what's real life. Syracuse University students increased their list of demands after racist graffiti was found in a student dorm on November 7th. The following week, more racist graffiti was found in the campus physics building, along with two swastikas found elsewhere. An anonymous email sent to the student association members justified the incidents. By the way, do we know who was doing the, the swastikas and who was writing the racial epithets? It couldn't possibly be a hoax, could it? Oh, wait a minute. Checks, notes, Google's racial hoax. Wow, that's a lot of results for that. So amongst the additional demands is the insistence that the university change its anti-harassment policy to a zero-tolerance policy for, quote, hate speech. The uh, chancellor said that uh, there are people who believe there is a hazy and unclear line between hate speech and free speech. Yeah, you think? And that he's not going to take a position on the policy at the moment. Students are also demanding the university spend a million dollars to create the a unified, required curriculum that educates students on diversity issues, specifically anti-racism. Yes, forced educational elements. Forced Classes. Yes, you must take this. A number of schools already have these forced classes. The chancellor has already agreed to this demand, although he has said he thinks it's going to take more than a million dollars to staff up and plan for this new required course. The university has already spent $5 million on a social justice center in 2018. Has that created a nirvana of peace and anti-triggeredness at Syracuse University? No. The protesters enjoyed a visit from an emotional support dog and were provided with pizza by the university. Someone even brought toy blocks for the students to play with. Oh my God. Fucking coddling. Here, have some pizza. Here's an emotional support dog. Here are some toy blocks to play with. They're children. It didn't daunt the protesters who continued to shout down university administrators when they tried to field their questions. Let's talk about spending twenty-three grand to have Sean Spicer come here, one student yelled. That's going to make me uncomfortable. The woman said, this university has stolen my mental health. You want me to pay full tuition that those white students are paying? For what? For a university that stole my mental health? I hate it here. Another student yelled, I hate it here. And the protesters joined in, chanting these words. I hate it here. I hate it here. (laughs) Another male student said, my girlfriend could tell you how many times I sat down and cried in her fucking arms. A third student sitting in the crowd complained that she was supposed to be taught a course on critical whiteness, but all her white professor did was make microaggressions to her. The student said, once our demands have been met, our protest will cease. Until then, we will proceed indefinitely. Oh my fucking God. We are so doomed. You know, it just, to live in a world now where this happens and you look at it as this is utter insanity. And yet it still goes on, and that these schools still try to mollycoddle these kids. They try to hold a rational conversation with them, like, okay, well, let's talk about it. No, you suck. I hate you. I hate it here. (laughs) So nuts. And and it'd be one thing if, okay, so this thing happened and Syracuse's reputation immediately went straight into the shitter and enrollment dropped by 50% and the school was basically ruined because they coddled students and, okay, that's a lesson. Hey, none of this shit anymore. This is ridiculous. But that's not the case. These kind of things are happening all over the country. At Syracuse, at Yale, at that Evergreen College, and on and on and on and on. And never ends and to sit here and I, I know I don't think I'm in the minority truthfully I think there is a large silent majority that says this is fucking crazy but to be in what you feel like is a minority of sanity and that pure crazy has you outnumbered and outgunned and on the run it, it's just it's hard to believe so yeah If you're a student of color, you can say, I don't want to, I don't want to room with a white person, evil or another race. I wonder, I wonder if a Chinese student would be considered a person of color and could they refuse to room it with a black person? And what if that got out? Oh, shit. Look out now. Here come the racial protests. Once our demands have been met, our protest will cease. Until then, we'll proceed indefinitely. Yeah, well, wait until you t- they take away their free pizzas, support dogs, and their toy blocks. See how long they last through the Syracuse fucking winter. Unbelievable. If I'm, if I'm China or Russia or any other superpower, I'm just watching this going, okay, let's get the tanks ready. Let's get the airplanes ready. We're just about ready to invade. We just need a little bit more, and then America will be so soft. We'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll push it over. We'll invade. We'll push this country over with a, with, a, with a single finger. Not yet. There's too many of us out here that are like, no way, this is crazy. And too many otherwise people that believe like I do and also happen to own firearms that wouldn't let it happen now. But again, this is the next generation. Eventually we're all gonna die. And that's when that's when you're gonna you're gonna invade America and you're gonna push it over with a single finger. These this is why snowflakes is the best appropriate term ever. Holy shit. There you go, Syracuse. Good job. Good job, good effort. Keep appeasing those pussies and see how it works out for you. Hey, listen up, past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, My bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. MyBookie will give all your money back. It is a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Crazy, right? It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week coming up, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Root for your team this year, but get in on the action and hop on the gravy train with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Hello, hello, Andy Poland. Never a dull moment in the sports world, is it?
2: No, no, they, there's always something to spit at, right?
0: <laughs> it, oh, yeah, exactly. You're talking about the Capitals player who was yeah. kicked out of the game for spitting on an opponent. That's, that's not good. You can't, no spitting, no biting, no hair pulling, no nut punching. Uh, you can't smash guys over the head. With a helmet, like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. We're going to send you to the corner for that one. But the the controversies and the, the, the actionable sports talk radio material, once we get past the summer, Andy, it comes in waves. Oh, yeah. Doesn't it, though? It just comes in waves. And yeah. when they started WFAN, which you were a part of in New York City back in 1987, right? hmm Yep. One of the refrains was, because no station in America at the time, had gone to all sports talk all the time. The notion at the time was, my God, what will they talk about all day long?
2: Yeah, and what I found out early in New York, not having had a baseball team in Washington most of my time growing up, was – how much time you could spend obsessing about Daryl Strawberry? And <laughs> it, it was remarkable that, you know, twenty four hours a day. Now the station started July first. That's the Mojave Desert of sports talk time, right? That's Nothing terrible. going on there. Yeah. yeah. So uh that's that's what people obsessed about and you know, Strawberry had said he was sick for a game, and it turned out he was spending a lot of time in a recording studio. That was the beginning of uh, some really serious drug problems that he and Dwight Gooden were having. And it just really was amazing to me that uh, round the clock, Daryl Strawberry could be such a hot button.
0: But Funny it how it is. Alright, before we get to the bad Redskins, let me start with a palate cleanser, something I think you'll enjoy. You might have heard this clip already. If not, Shame on Chris Russo for having such a poor command of Yiddish. I would have never said this, Andy. Anything you want about the
2: NFL. He knew for two days that they had everything set up to go pull the carpet out from under the NFL and all the folks who went down to Atlanta and uh, even you, Jackson, who didn't go to the workout. It is incredible. It's uh, the 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 Chutzpah to do that, and the disgrace to do that to people is inc- you can't even support it. I mean, you that do a, that to that t- somebody? Uh, the, the 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 Chutzpah to do that, uh, the, the, the the Chutzpah to do that.
0: Now that was that was edited by Funhouse to throw two more in there. He only said it once, but still, yeah. the Chutzpah Andy.
2: That's amazing. He he grew up in Syosset. I know Jews who live in Syosset. So,
0: Where's Syosset?
2: Long Island. Okay. And,
0: and, it, it's uh, no—it's impossible to live and work in New York City your whole life like he has and go to Jewish delis to get lunch and not know what chutzpah is or yeah, can't even, say chutzpah.
2: You pronounced that correctly. Most people can't do the chutzpah, <laughs> but you've done it properly.
0: Chutzpah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a a
0: <laughs> Is that the first you've heard of that, bite Andy? Yes, just I crossed have. today. I
2: love and I love Russo. I I, I, really, I know. I really, I really I really like him very much. But uh yeah, that's that's wrong.
0: It's yeah, wrong. Uh, Russo. Oh gosh. Oh well, he's he'll get killed for that. But unlike you know Francesa, he won't deny it. He'll sort of no, have no. fun with it. You know. Yeah. I think right, he yeah. will. We'll see about that. Yeah, okay. I think he will. All right, let's get to the Redskins, Andy. <sighs> Go let's see.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, you you properly corrected me on Twitter that you really shouldn't say rock bottom. And I don't know if you saw the piece in the post by Scott Allen, where he cross referenced all the Redskins stories dating back to 1959. That said rock bottom. Yeah. Oh, the term my rock bottom. Was oh, my used. God.
0: Oh and, my God. Uh, How many are there?
2: Well, there they're, I don't know if he used all of them, but just just the fact that he went back, you know, 60 years and found a reference to this you know shows you not just really the the more recent history under dan snyder is where rock bottom's been thrown around sure. but uh we used to play a clip on our show from richie pettibone from the 1993 season where he said i think we're at rock bottom yeah. and and he referenced that that was a loss to the uh, they called them then the phoenix cardinals and it was a lopsided loss and and poor richie was saddled with a team that was aging, you know, they'd won their Super Bowls, they had a lot of veterans on that team, and there was a need to get under the salary cap. So they had spent in free agency, but hadn't spent very much, and it spent poorly, and he had a lot of injuries. And that particular game, they had a defensive end by the name of Eric Williams, who had been a contributor on their Super Bowl team, but he had a bad hip, And he said, I really don't know if I can play. And Pettibone says, well, basically, I'm out of bodies. I need to throw you out there. And Eric said his career ended when he wound up at the quarterback after he'd thrown the ball. And the lineman responsible for blocking him said, give it up. I didn't even touch you and you couldn't get to the quarterback in time.
0: Oh my and, god.
2: And and yeah, and that's the kind of team he, he had at that point. So he said rock bottom and it did feel like rock bottom at the time. The other reference is, you know, they've they've come along the way, whether it was the Heath Schuler years or, you know, some of the what's happened under Snyder, but it just seems like we throw that around more and more now. But you're right. You there's another rock bottom coming. There's six games go. They gotta play a game at Green Bay in a oh, couple of weeks. You know, you know that's,
0: it's funny because I'll be at that game, by the way. Uh, the funny thing is, is that I looked at the schedule myself and I said that the most unbelievable, the the, the most sickening thing of this season is I looked at the remaining games and said, how are we going to make it? Yeah. How are we going to make it? I felt right now. I feel like this season should have two games left and then let's wrap it up and we're done. Yet mm. the NFL says you got to play all six. And so it's right. going to be the most unbelievable slog from here to the end. The, Home crowds continue to be apocalyptically bad yeah, and alarming yeah. beyond belief, and yeah. the prices to get in have become so laughable nine dollars and fifteen cents just before kickoff on StubHub.
2: Oh yeah, nine dollars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the the club seats, which I think are retail at three hundred, they're going for thirty bucks. Yeah, I mean nobody wants to go. It's it's. Uh, you know, even when they were terrible and Tom Boswell wrote about this in, in his column on uh, on Monday, you know, they people went, people went to the games. It was, yes. it, was a, it was considered now, you know, some of the time he was talking about, they had a home blackout. So the only way to see a right. game live was or to see the team play at home was you had to go. But in, in more recent years and, and you, you know, when you said this 15 years ago, I thought you were nuts but you were right on. You said. The advent of HD is going to be a changer for the game and it is, you know, many people would much rather watch the game on HD. And the fact that the team has been so obnoxious to its fans, yeah. going back to when when Dan Snyder tried to sue a widow for payments on her club seats and you know, thing, things like that, it was just it's just has built up to this point combined with a team that's awful, it's
0: it's it's just yeah, as you say, it's apocalyptic. What if they start winning? and the fans still don't come back.
2: Yeah, I you know that Baltimore dropped off a little bit too. There were tickets available less. We're not
0: we're not Baltimore.
2: Well, but what they, if but, the
0: Redskins start to win a little bit and the fans just don't come back to the stadium. They watch on TV a bit more than they had. They call sports radio a few times more than they do. But what if they don't ever go back to Landover, Andy? Uh, there's no guarantee of them ever going back to that place once consumers move on from a product they usually move on for good
2: but if if they're six and one and they're playing dallas at home on a sunday afternoon you don't think that stadium is going to be 85 to 90 percent full i don't know yeah
0: Honestly, I do not know. It depends on how long we are in a coma. And I think that we are going to be in a coma for three years. I believe this is, a, we're not even, not only are we are not at rock bottom, this is not even the, this is not even year one of a three year coma that the team is going to be in. We are currently in a year that is an unexpected free fall off the edge of a cliff that Bruce Allen did not see coming. They kept guys that they should have moved on from because they thought they could have been something this year. They spent big money on Landon Collins because they thought they could be something this year. So this is not even year one of the sucking. That's got to wait till next year. Next year's team won't be any better on paper than this year's.
2: Yeah, and and no matter what you get out of Haskins these last six games, there's another year of growing pains with him. If he's going to be any good, if if, if you may get to the it may be a Mitch Krehbisky situation. You may get to the end of next year and go, nah, we thought we had something there, but we don't. And then you got to start all over again.
0: Then we get to Haskins. I want to play this clip from Pat McAfee talking about the uh, exchange Haskins had with the lineman on the sideline, where he says, "What can I do to
3: help you?" Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, bro. That offensive line laughing in his face. Yikes. He came over a little bit condescending though. He was like, Hey, uh, what can I do (laughs) to make you guys better at your jobs? Is basically what he said. And they just looked at him, stared at him and almost laughed in his face. (laughs) It's tough because you hear stories of like veteran quarterbacks being demanding on their guys. But those veteran quarterbacks weren't doing that when they were rookies, right? Right. You kind of have to like work your way into it. But if you're being thrusted into a position of leadership very early, I don't that has to be a fine balance, Chris. At Ohio State, I'm sure I'm assuming Dwayne Haskins was the man, homie. Then you get into the Redskins organization, it's like, Hey man, like you have done nothing here. <laughs> We've done nothing <laughs> as a whole, and you've done less than us. All
0: right. Yeah. How do you how do you score that exchange?
3: Yeah, I
2: I watched it and you know I, I I didn't feel it was as that serious, but the the fact that you actually saw lineman smirking at him while he was doing it, not good. Uh, Yeah, indicates that uh, that you know I I know that RG three would have done that. I mean, he had that kind of moxie as a rookie, Now, he played really well and may have earned that early on. But you know, Haskins. When when you hear teammates say, in terms of his leadership, he's light years ahead of where he was at the beginning of the season. When well, he does these mumbling press conferences, uh, when they compliment him, they say how well he enunciates in the huddle and how crisply he takes them in and out of the huddle. I mean, it seems like it's very remedial. So this may have been an effort on his part. Well, I'll show them yeah. what a leader he is. And it probably blew up in his face.
0: Yeah, I uh, I think that we're gonna wait for Do- we're gonna wait for Haskins like we waited for Doxson at wide yeah. receiver. I think it's gonna be a three – Like next year will be the year of hope. Mm-hmm. He's had a whole off season, the vaunted off season program. Andy, he's looking good. He's lost five pounds in the summer. He's ready to <laughs> kick some ass, right? So next year is going to be uneven, not very good because the team's not going to be very good. But it'll be a year of hope like, okay, he could be pretty good. And then 2021 will be the year of God, it's so hard to play this position and he's still not very good, but we can't get rid of him yet. We've got so much invested. We've waited a full two and a half years. Let's keep going. And then 2022 will be when they go, you know what, we got to get somebody else.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least hopefully they will have built a team around him so that if they bring somebody else in that they can, you know, be a half decent team around him. He doesn't have much to work with, to be fair. Now he's, he's not very good right now and he's not very confident, but there isn't a lot. I mean, he doesn't have a tight Who end does
0: Kyler Murray have to work with him.
2: Well, Kyler Cardinals Murray.
0: won. Cardinals won two games last year.
2: Yeah. But they, how many have they won this year? Four. Yeah. Oh yeah, three but more they, than
0: but, three more than we have, and Kyler Murray. No one is saying I'm not sure about this guy.
2: Yeah, like, well, he's he, he's think, got a playmaker, and he's got he's got a coach who was, who conveyed with him. He, he in other words, he brought his own coach in.
0: Again, those are all fair things, but yeah. at some point, you just have to say, can the guy play or not? Right now, yeah. he can't play. No, he he probably should have been a third round pick. Instead, he was picked in the first and he was picked by the owner. And Mm -hmm. so being a first round pick by the owner puts him in a position where you can't like in a straight, cold hearted, logical world. The Redskins could easily go back to the well at quarterback with their first pick, no matter where it is in the top five. And say, we're taking this guy and Dwayne, you're going to be the backup and we need you to learn behind this new guy. And you're just going to have to deal with it now. That can't happen in today's media world. It'd be too much of a shitstorm. It wouldn't sit well. But from a logic standpoint, if Haskins was overdrafted as a third-round project, uh, drafted in the first round, then you should be able to go, okay, we made a mistake there. Here you go, third-rounder. Sit and learn. Meanwhile, uh, Jake Fromm is going to be our guy.
2: Or Alex Smith.
0: Or Alex Smith, which brings us to the next item. One-year anniversary, and Alex Smith's wife put out an Instagram video that yep. was truly amazing and shows you the kind of stuff we don't see as the public of a guy who's going to go on a horrific injury. Uh, video clips of him progressing from surgery to the external fixator to walking, to running, to lifting weights, to throwing, to doing all this stuff. I was inspired almost to the point of a small tear at just the road he's traveled. But you think this is still all pointing towards what?
2: Well, this could be the big master plan that, you know, and, and also with that video, you may have noticed today that Haskins put out a tweet, you know, throwing all kinds of praise on Alex Smith about what a great teammate he is. So maybe they've gotten him to buy into the idea of you're going to get your experience this season. And next year, Alex is going to be back on the last year of his deal. you will have an opportunity to learn under him. God forbid he breaks his leg again. You can step in and, and play for him. And while that may be unrealistic, how many times have the Redskins come up with an unrealistic plan that they get fully behind?
0: Unrealistic would be a compliment. Delusional is more like it.
2: Okay. That too. But they've done that before. Delusion is their business.
0: Delusion is what fuels them, and this would be a delusional plan. And sadly, it sounds like it makes a ton of sense. Greg Williams as head coach. Alex Smith back in the saddle. Dwayne, you take notes, young man. You're going to be like Patrick Mahomes in just another year once you finally get it. Don't worry. And Alex Mm -hmm. is going to complete his amazing comeback. And happy days. Here we come.
2: Right, right, okay. Don't don't you think that's a possibility? Don't you think they're thinking that way?
0: Of course. Yeah. They think like shitheads. They think <laughs> like delusional idiots. And that's why right. they are in this current death spiral that they are in. Oh, by the way, Kirk Cousins, twenty seven games in as a Viking, seventeen mm-hmm. and 70 percent completions, a one oh seven passer rating, and a fifty three over twelve touchdown to INT ratio.
2: Right, right. Well, you know, uh, uh, six weeks ago, he was a bust. Now he's an MVP candidate.
0: Well, no (laughs) one's saying MVP. He's still not regarded. Oh, I heard
2: that. I heard that out of of Chris. I know, maybe it was Bakeman who said it. One of them said it during well, uh, during one of the broadcasts.
0: You can say it all you want. He'll never get the push. But the point is, his numbers are literally within one click of Russell Wilson. And yeah. Russell Wilson, his team's record is about the same. I think the Vikings are 8-3 and three and the uh, uh, Seahawks are 8-2 and two or something like mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. he's right there with them. And all I have to say is, you can hate on Kirk all you want. Look at those fucking numbers. Yeah, no, you, you, you had him. You, you had don't him, right? you had a quarterback. To to quote yeah. Kirk himself, you like that? You yeah. like that? Like, don't you want a 70% passer at, who is that bet good in terms of touchdowns to INTs? People are crazy that can't look at that and go, fuck, we shouldn't have let that guy leave.
2: Yeah, well, they they blew it. They when they had the chance to sign him for nineteen million dollars a year, which would put him probably at the lower end of starting quarterbacks right now, they said no. So it came back to bite him, and everybody who looked at it at the time said, like Adam Schefter, I remember saying, if he's any good, oh boy, are they going to regret that? And they did.
0: But you can't regret something if you don't even don't even acknowledge that you fucked up, and that's part of this organization's M.O. They never yeah. admit mistakes. They don't even understand mistakes. I don't think no. they, they, they justify and they twist it in their mind and they create their own narratives. They can't even see their own mistakes. Amazing.
2: And and when they and when they do speak, they don't mind, you know, saying gibberish nonsense. Like yeah. when when Bruce Allen had his one news conference this year after the firing of Jay Gruden, they asked him about the place being filled with Patriot fans, and he goes, "Oh, they're a very popular team. Season ticket holders sold their tickets so they could make some money. Yeah. What season ticket holders?" <laughs> And what money? Those Patriots fans were getting in for a song.
0: I know. Just never ends. Uh, real quick, new NFL CBA proposal being reported on. It's still hush-hush, but it's leaking out. 17-week season, one less preseason game, neutral site games in America at places like Notre Dame Stadium, and two buys for each team, and the Super Bowl pushed to late February. Andy Poland. What sayeth you about these rumored tweaks to the CBA?
2: Well, I don't mind the late Super Bowl. That's fine. February's a dead month. The neutral site games, you know, who really cares? I watch most of the games on television. 17 games probably isn't good, but it means, as I saw, over a billion dollars extra for the league. And the owners always get what they want. The players always lose in this thing. So if the owners want 17 games, it's going to happen. And. We'll get used to it. I remember going from 14 to 16. Nobody made a fuss about it, but that was a significant jump. This'll happen now and we'll deal with it.
0: You disgust me.
2: <laughs> I don't like it. I don't think I don't think 17 games is good for the product, but there ain't, ain't no way it's not going to happen.
0: <laughs> you are the mister, it's going to happen anyway. You might as well lie back and enjoy it, guy. Damn well, you, you, Andy Poland. Damn you. you. I want you to tilt at windmills. I want you to <laughs> shake your fist at clouds. I want you to get pissed off, God damn it! Well, I, I lived in New York when Jeff
2: Hostetler led the Giants to the Super Bowl. Nobody said, damn, this would have been so much better if Phil Simms was the quarterback. It's just the way it is. It's you know, man up and if that's
0: we had I'd a 17-game schedule, we'd have one more game that we'd have to swim through to get to the end of this fucking debacle. <laughs> That's just, true. Just that, know that, by the way.
2: Uh, well, you know what else they'll do? Because if it means more money, they'll add more playoff teams. Of and course. So, and so the Redskins at 1-9 right now wouldn't officially be out. You know, They'd still be fighting for the playoffs.
0: That month of February has just been sitting there unoccupied, sort of like an island off the coast of an empire with a yeah. huge army. And the NFL has been saying to itself, why don't we fucking own that island? It's yeah. sitting right there. That empty month on the sports calendar, it could be ours. It should be ours. We've got all the tanks. We've got all the missiles. What the fuck are we sitting around for? And they
2: used to be afraid afraid to touch February. And then, and then they had the strike year. The first one was uh, 82. Mm-hmm. The Super Bowl was played January 31st. Yeah. Eh. And then, you know, so
0: Mark Cubans once said pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered about the NFL. Well, guess what? This hog is still Hogzilla and Hogzilla's getting even bigger. And I don't see it getting slaughtered anytime soon.
2: No, it's the network television. As long as the commercials still run and most people are watching the sport live, as opposed to their favorite television shows, which they put on DVR, that's where the money is going to be. And they're happy to collect it.
0: All right, uh, Larry King had a birthday today. Is enjoying a birthday today. Eighty-three years old, I think. Eighty-six. Eighty-six. Okay, this is the greatest Larry King viral <laughs> clip of all time.
1: Lasted Enjoy. How long? Nine years, hundred and eighty episodes. You gave it up, right? I did. Sorry. They didn't cancel you. You canceled them. <laughs> You're not aware of this. No, I'm I'm asking you. You think I got canceled? Are you under the impression that I got canceled? I hurt you, Jerry? I thought that was pretty well documented. Is this still CNN? Don't most shows go down a little? Most people do also.
0: (laughs) By the way, if I could defend Larry a little bit here, I understand what he was doing as a talk show host. He was eliciting the guest to lay out the nature of what happened to the viewers, many of whom... Don't actually know what happened to Seinfeld.
2: Right, right, and and, and Jer- for Jerry to jump ugly like that was not being quite aware of the surroundings. I mean, even then, you know, Larry was what seventies, early seventies, Something mid-70s. like
0: that, yeah, yeah. So yeah.
2: yeah.
1: yeah. all, all right, you know, so it I mean,
0: continues, it gets better.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I I went off the air. Was the number one show on television, Larry? You were. Do all- you know all- who I am? <laughs> Jewish guy, Brooklyn. Yes. Okay. 75 well, million viewers last okay. episode. Boy, you don't it take why it so bad. Well, that's a, a big difference between being canceled and being number one. <laughs> okay, I'm
0: sorry.
2: <laughs> we'll be right back.
1: Jeez. B-movie opens. <laughs> B-movie opens. Can you opens. get a resume in here for me? B-movie opens, me? opens so tomorrow. Hey,
0: hey, hey, at the very end, Larry looks like he's genuinely pissed yeah and he's yeah, like, like okay enough. that's enough like you've yeah. you've actually made me look bad and right. i'm not cool with that yeah yeah well you know do you you're you're think the that, one that do you think that was genuine annoyance by larry at the end do you think when the cameras turned off they had a heated exchange over that or not
2: no i don't think they had a heated exchange but i think he was a little bit annoyed. yes okay. I, I do and i do but I, I think i think jerry was really angry <laughs> I think, yeah. And you don't, and you never see that. I mean, he's he's usually being Jerry, whether yeah. he's doing Seinfeld or doing stand-up, or you know, sitting on the night Show. Jerry stuff.
0: Seinfeld can be funny even when it's awkward and even when he's angry. It's how funny the man is. Andy, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for your time today. We'll chat next week. All right. Very good, Zay. Thanks. See ya. Okay, couple things to end on here today. First of all, I hate it when I am wrong. And I hate it when I am dead wrong. And I hate it when I am dead wood wrong, because I'd like to think that if I don't own a master's degree in that show, someday I aspire to do just that. I said during a show or a podcast, I don't remember when, that while Bill Hickok was both the fastest gun in town and the best poker player in town, and that's why he uttered that famous phrase, which is, I will take it to play poker. Here's your soundbite. Oh, hold on a second. I
1: Ain't gonna get no gunfight with you, Hickok. But you
0: will run your mouth at me, and I will take it to play poker. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a great line. And I was wrong about him him being a great poker player. He was in fact the exact opposite, Mac Mac on Twitter, said, Zabe, Wild Bill was not the best poker player in Deadwood. He was, in fact, the worst. Remember, saloon keep Tom Nuttall kept extending Wild Bill's credit because Wild Bill's celebrity as one of the fastest and deadliest guns in the West brought customers into his saloon. So, yeah, he was not a good poker player. He was the exact opposite. And that's where that uh, originated from. Thank you for correcting me, and I want to own up to my mistakes and clean up my mistakes, especially the bad ones like this, whenever possible. Okay. Last thing, whoever did this is an evil fucking genius uh, that I just I have the utmost respect for, and I also think maybe should be locked up. As parents, I'm of two minds. On the one hand, give him an Emmy. On the other hand, lock him up. Some parents got a photo shoot together for their kids in a grove of Christmas trees, uncut Christmas trees, you know, take them to a Christmas tree farm, a little bit off the beaten path. Okay, kids, let's come here. They have what looks like a big armchair, a two-person armchair. They've got some ornaments on the tree behind the armchair as a backdrop. And the two kids are there and they're little, they're six and four years old, something like that. And they're in their pajamas. They're in their Christmas pajamas. And it's not too cold, but it's a nice, perfect photo shoot. Let's get the two kids, get them on the chair, take some pictures in front of the tree, outdoors at a Christmas tree farm. Everything's going just fine until you see somebody dressed up as a real life-sized, not Scrooge, but Grinch. A a life-sized Grinch. Comes from behind the tree. He doesn't yell. He doesn't make a big commotion. He just sort of appears slowly. The kids turn around. They see this guy. It looks like the the costume that Jim Carrey had when he played the real life Grinch. And he's <laughs> I'm watching it right now. He's got a Grinch sweater, and he comes walking through the trees, and the two kids start running. And they have absolute terror on their faces. And best of all, they filmed it in 240 frames of glorious slow motion. Oh my God. <laughs> what parents do this? Oh, my God. This is the greatest thing ever. Give them an award. Wait a minute. Lock them up. Wait a minute. Double the money for the award. Wait a minute, give him the death penalty. I don't know which. It's so good. Yeah, it is the season. That'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. As always, thanks to Andy Poland for swinging on in for a visit. Remember, like and rate and subscribe on Fridays. Tell a couple friends. Keep it going. Keep it growing. Love you guys all. Appreciate it. Feedback, Zabe at Yahoo.com. You know where to find me elsewhere on the web. Listen to my two radio shows in Milwaukee and in Washington, D.C. in the afternoon. And thanks again for listening. Have a great day, and I will see you next time. Hey, listen up, past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, my Bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. My Bookie will give all your money back. It is a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Crazy, right? It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it, MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week coming up, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Root for your team this year, but get in on the action and hop on the gravy train with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid.